Hi, all you herbalists. Herb mom here. Let's talk about herbs. Let's talk about why we need to talk about herbs and why it's important for you to be your own herbalist. It's important because you need to own your own herbs. Be your own herbalist. Know what ginger does and how it works in your body or if it doesn't work for you. Know what slippery elm does. Know what chaparral does. In fact, chaparral, hello, that's one of the reasons why we're here talking. Because chaparral is pulled off the market. It's one of my ancestral herbs. It's really why I'm here talking to you. Because I figured out that if you didn't know what chaparral was, why would you care if it was pulled off the market? Why would you you care if in 50 years from now no one knows what chaparral does or how it helps the body and how it's been passed down for generation after generation after generation and safely used my goodness this little plant my grandmother had a little pot and she was her chaparral pot and she cooked in it and nobody cooked anything in it but that because it made everything else taste horrible it's the chaparral pot she drank it all the time. What did she use it for? Well, she said she used it for menopause symptoms. Well, I don't really see that in any of the books, but some of the old books, I see some of that information about it. It seemed to work for her. Wow, that's one my mom used too. Definitely, she uses all the time. My mom said that herbs, herbs are something that they just did. It wasn't something that they took or thought about it as medicine. They just did it like eating. Like you go pick out an apple or you pick out an orange or you, it's just what you did. If you got sick, you did this. If you got a, a sore throat, you took some golden seal and some echinacea. If you were having a hard time with breathing symptoms, you took some comfrey. I mean, that was my house. That's what happened to me growing up. And slippery elm and all of these great herbs. My mom gave us so much alfalfa. Oh my goodness. I mean, she didn't give us a lot of synthetic vitamins, but she certainly gave us some whole alfalfa. And it was awesome. And raw honey and all of those things that medicine is your food, you know. It was just a thing that you did to be better, to feel better. It wasn't herbalism or thing that you actually studied. But in our day and age, we are really uh, on the verge of losing almost all of our herbs and many of them. And there's so many reasons. We can talk about some of them. Aloe vera is one of them that's on the hit list. There were some studies done on aloe vera that shows that it inhibits cancer growth or something like that. And so if a substance can do something like that, then it means it's a medicine. And, and that was, I think it was a whole leaf aloe or something. I don't even know. You can look it up and um, on a non-mainstream search engine and, and you should be able to pull that information up. But yes, and so aloe vera is really on this hit list that <laughs> has been around and people have been eating it for so many generations and it's on the hit list and it could be pulled off the market. Just like cannabis, cannabis and hemp was pulled off the market. It was pulled off the market and then it was vilified and we didn't even know about all of the research and the studies and the information I have with cannabis alone. I have a stack of 59 pages here of studies clear back in the 1980s, 1970s, 
studying on this cannabis plant and then all the suffering that our loved ones went through because they maybe didn't have that cannabis plant or maybe they turned to chemicals instead. And this is something that is important to me because if we can free cannabis and cannabis and hemp is not free to me, we have severe regulations and legislation issues and money issues and money, ugh, just horrible things. It's been taken over by money. The money mobs have got the cannabis industry and it absolutely, yes, okay, it may be helping schools or it may be helping whatever with that money, but truly it's built on falsehoods. The cannabis plant has never killed anyone ever and ever will. And guess what? You should be growing in your backyard. You should be stripping the leaves off and juicing them and putting them in your blender. There's so many things that can be happening with that cannabis plant. And guess what? If you're anti-cannabis, which 9 out of 10 Americans are not are pro-cannabis right now, for pro cannabis and the only reason you are not pro cannabis with all of the research out there is because you are politically minded or spiritually ethically you believe the lies and i understand i believe them too hook line and sinker i believe the lies about cannabis that's why i'm going to teach a cannabis class coming up because i'm telling you it is something that we need to know the truth about it. I was raised super conservative and this plant was the devil. And it was something that that's how I perceived it. And I was wrong and so many other people were were wrong about it, but because we were lied to and we believed certain things. There are conditions and symptoms that this plant has helped with that are so overwhelmingly positive that it's mind-blowing, but we don't know how to use it. I mean, the studies, like we've tried to use, some people use it successfully for cancer, other people do not use it successfully for cancer. It's just a thing. And some people it's great for, and some people it's not great for. But I digress. Let's not talk about the cannabis plant. We'll talk about that later in another episode and talk about really that rabbit hole. Let's talk about how much you have to pay for cannabis if you need that for medicine and you have to go to a special store to go to a like a liquor store, but you can't even be the liquor store. You couldn't even put the cannabis in with the liquor stores. No, you have to go to a special store to get cannabis to a plant that has never killed anyone Come on, think about that. Are you going to have to do that with aloe vera? What about alfalfa? How about walnuts? Do you know that walnuts have incredible studies that they're good for the brain? But who's going to tell you about that? Oh, probably the people who sell walnuts. Oh, no, they can't do it. You know why they can't do it? It's because they are prohibited from telling you any of the studies and selling walnuts. Same thing with herbs. People can't tell you the medicinal properties of herbs and sell them in the United States. And if they do, they don't know the law and they need to be careful. And I really, I'm going to do a podcast 
coming up just for practitioners in the natural realm, helping them to clean up their language so they don't fall into the traps of getting in trouble, using some patented medical words like cure and prevent or relief or, you know, a lot of them. And so there's different wordings that you can use, but I'm going to, I'll have that class coming up because that's such an important thing. I see all these super incredible herbalists there on social media out there and, and oh my gosh, they're just incredible. And I, I cringe at some of the things they say thinking, no, they're going to get in trouble. They, and I want you to be safe because herbalism is for everyone. Everyone needs to be herbalists. We need herbalists on every corner. We need herbs, you know, instead of having those fountains of drinks that come out at the corner stores, you know, we can have something maybe even healthier and herbs coming out, herbs at the corner store where every, where it's just normal to go in and get, and get herbs and all kinds of different herbs. But that's really in jeopardy right now. And so you have to really start taking responsibility for your herbs. If you want to grow them, absolutely get your hands in that dirt and grow them. Grow them. You can grow them inside, outside. You can put them in pots. Echinacea is an incredible one to start with. It's drought resistant. It grows almost anywhere. It's a really, really great herb. But get past your spices and things like that. I mean, even start with peppermint. That's super easy to grow. Grow something. But for years, no way did I have time to grow anything. Oh my gosh, I was no way... Garden was not on my radar, and I just did not have time for that or did not take time for that. And once it did get on my radar, I was able to start growing and getting involved with growing and using plants because I really was just an urban herbalist. My mother grew plants, but then I didn't grow plants. You know, I didn't really grow herbs like she grew herbs. I just kind of wildcraft them or I bought them already ground up from a, you know, a great herb company. So I really never grew them. And so now in my life is the first time that I'm really growing them and feeling them and experiencing them. And it's, it's, it's exhilarating. So I encourage anyone to do that. But if you can't, and it's not your time, just eat them. Just go get an ounce of this herb or an ounce of that herb and, and start to experiment with them. Get the top 40 herbs, even get the list of the top 40 herbs and go get an ounce of each of them and see how they are in your body and experience it. And you might not use these herbs every day, but you certainly will have them in your toolbox, your herb toolbox to help you be able to pull it out in a moment's notice, just in a moment's notice. And so like, for instance, tummy, tummy aches, that's a thing for kids, you know, or, or even adults, you know, we have tummy aches or digestion aches. What's in my toolbox? Well, I have ginger, Usually we have ginger capsules, ginger tea. Sometimes there's ginger candy hanging around, ginger honey sticks. We use all kinds of ginger. It's been shown in lots of studies to help with nausea symptoms more than even the mainstream medicine does, over-the-counter medicine. So ginger is definitely in there. For me, slippery elm bark, it's just something you mix in water and take, or some people take it with capsules to help their tummy feel better. Charcoal in capsules, that's another one we do peppermint peppermint gel caps or peppermint tea so those are those are pretty much it like i always have like a charcoal 
charcoal capsules. We've got some ginger capsules. We've always got a little papaya. You know, those are the things. Those are the things that I kind of go to for stomach aches. But I know that's not the same for other for everybody. But that's a real quick little go-to. So then, oh, oh, what do I do when, when I have a headache? Like, what, what do I do for a headache? What do I do for headache symptoms? Oh, water. I'm going to go drink a big glass of water. I'm going to put some, you know, some Himalayan salt in it, some real salt in it or something. And I'm going to drink that down a big quart of water. And okay, okay. They've shown that that dehydration is like headaches. And then I'm going to go like look for some fever few. And then maybe I'm going to look for some ginkgo because that kind of opens the brain. Uh, I might go drink some herba mate tea. That kind of has some caffeine-like substance. You see where my brain is going? It's going to be like... What can I do? Because each of those little steps that maybe my head would, that my head could stop hurting at any time along the way. So it may be immediately I drank that quart of water and boom, my head stopped hurting, right? The symptom went away. But I have those tools, but that's my tools. That, that's, and you have to kind of adapt that to you. So for me, like if I need some energy and I don't have any energy, I'm like, whoa, I, I got to get some energy. Like I'm going to go take some greens. My greens are like alfalfa grass, barley grass, wheat grass, oat grass, like barley. I thought, yeah, that's me. I'm going to go take a big scoop full of greens or a couple scoop full of greens and I'm going to take some cordyceps and I might take just, I might take some lion's mane and I'm not really a big caffeine girl, so I don't really usually go for that. But I want that. I'll go for some green tea or whatever. But, but that's what I go to for some energy. Those are great things. Sometimes pine pollen. If I really want to get some things done, I go for some pine pollen for some energy. There's so many different things. And even ginseng and, and ginkgos. Those things are just, just try them. Just try any of those things that jumped out at you. Any of them. What are one of those things, one of those herbs that jumped out of you? You go try them. And if you've tried all their, those herbs, then you let me know what other herbs that maybe you use for tummy aches or you use for energy or headache symptoms and things like that. Just dig in. Don't be afraid. Be a brave herbalist. You get out there and be an herby and share please tell everybody, please tell everyone to be their own herbalist. You don't want to be their herbalist. Let them be their herbalist, unless you're really an herbalist, and that's really what you do for a living. But, and and we really want to support those, but we also want you to be responsible. So even if you do go to an herbalist, you check out the herbs that that herbalist is telling you to get, to take, because maybe they are not right for you. You be responsible for you and everyone be an herbalist and let's join this herby movement and move forward and the, with these amazing plants and keep them free. Yes, if we can free cannabis all the way, then I think there's hope for chaparral and there's hope for comfrey and there's hope for echinacea. If we can get these plants out of the grips of this really misguided agencies that are trying to prevent us from having these sacred traditional sacraments that have been passed down for generations, we must take back that freedom. And I want my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren to know what chaparral is and what cannabis is and what comfrey is and what ginger is. And I, I, I want them to know what aloe vera is 
and and how to use it in their life like it's blessed mine oh bless you all thank you for listening and spread the word everyone an herbalist